if you're going to scale up any kind of technology, uh, you need those types of population bases. So, you know, a population of thereabouts, 280 million people, it's a prime opportunity to be able to pioneer something that I think not could only make a difference in Indonesia, but set it up with the kind of infrastructure that might be able to attract, you know, medical tourists from around the world. Welcome to a new episode of the Catalyst Podcast. I'm Sondang Sered and I'm here with my co-host, Robbie Gaspar. How are you doing, Robbie? I'm good, Sondang. And how are you? Good, thank you. So today we have an exciting topic, don't we? Give it away. So today we're talking about medical tourism, which is a growing industry in Bali, with a government committing to the development of the industry by opening up a special economic zone in Sanur, with the potential to increase tourism on the island, the bedrock of Bali's economy. And we have a great guest with us on the show today. Dean Kilby is the CEO of Sydney-based Simpro Health, and he will talk about the medical tourism industry and the opportunities it opens up for the island. Dean, thanks for joining us on the Catalyst podcast. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Can you tell us a bit about medical tourism? What does it actually encompass? Yeah, well, I guess, you know, there's many reasons why people might travel uh, overseas, not just from Australia to other countries, but from other countries to, you know, other countries. It may be that certain medical procedures uh, just are not offered uh, within that country or the level of expertise and the delivery of those treatment options is substandard. And so you want to be able to trust in the clinical environment and practitioners. And there are certain countries that are just known to be able to do things better than others uh, another reason may be uh, not just in terms of the expertise, but the regulatory constraints, uh, whether or not a country has approved um, through their regulatory structures, uh, certain medical procedures um, to be offered to health consumers. Uh, the third reason is also cost. You know, as we continue to age, uh, people deal with many types of degenerative disorders as we age. And sometimes the uh, current health system or current offerings um, aren't you know, sufficient to be able to support people to actually get well and stay well. And so they look for options uh, overseas that they might be able to afford as well. Dean, um, we know that medical tourism is a fast-growing industry in Indonesia and also the region. If we focus on the Australian market, Bali would fit perfectly due to its proximity to Australia. But then again, when you think of medical tourism, you may not necessarily think of Bali as your first option, given that Thailand and Singapore and to some extent Malaysia are the front runners in this space. As an investor, what attracted you to Bali? Yeah, I mean, you know, you just got to talk to people anywhere around the world, mention Bali, and, you know, that's where you have them. <laughs> it's like you had me at Bali. So it, it is a great destination to be able to set something up where people are traveling to anyway. Uh, people are traveling to Bali for wellness, uh, to rejuvenate, recover, et cetera. But as you point out, it's not necessarily um, that well known for uh, medical treatment, nor is Indonesia um, by and large. And in fact, you know, it's not just an opportunity for uh, medical tourism. Uh, in Bali, there, there's an opportunity there to really create the beginnings of what I think will help to transform 
healthcare throughout the entire country of Indonesia. Uh, Indonesia's, you know, it's a, it's a massive economy, and if you're going to scale up any kind of technology, uh, you need those types of population bases. So, um, you know, a population of thereabouts, 280 million people, it's a prime opportunity to be able to pioneer something that I think not could only make a difference in Indonesia, uh, but set it up with the kind of infrastructure that might be able to attract, um, you know, medical tourists from around the world. You know, there are other countries such as uh, Singapore, Thailand, Malaysia that do offer various types of medical treatments. The types that I'm interested in, in terms of regenerative medicine, uh, it's very difficult to access some of these technologies and treatment options, even in places like Singapore, et cetera. The regulatory constraints are quite tight. And I'm not saying that Indonesia has looser regulations, but um, we have been granted an opportunity to perhaps set something up that allows for innovation in this space and the translocation of technologies from other countries like Japan, uh, which leads the world in regenerative medicine, but isn't often related to as a medical tourism destination. So if there was an opportunity to transfer that type of technology and regulatory structures to a place like Bali, I'm all for that because, you know, who doesn't want an office in Bali? So you talked about expanding opportunities and services, but could you tell us a little bit more about the regenerative health industry and the treatments that you offer? Yeah, what we're focusing on, as I mentioned, is regenerative medicine. And these are predominantly, my focus is cellular therapies. And you might want to think of cellular therapies as twofold. One is uh, immune cell therapy for cancer treatment. Uh, so if you just look at the Indonesian market, for example, 2 million people uh, are traveling from Indonesia to other uh, destinations such as Singapore, Malaysia, South Korea uh, for medical treatments. And it's guesstimated that about 31% of that outbound traffic uh, traveling for cancer treatment. So the Japanese, as I mentioned, lead the way in terms of uh, immune cell therapy. And uh, there is the opportunity to set up this treatment approach that can give um, health consumers an opportunity to access these types of treatment options at a lower cost point than many other countries, such as Australia or uh, the US, and uh, make, make this more, you know, available for the, I guess, at this point, the upper middle class to wealthy Indonesians that are traveling overseas. But it does create um, a center of excellence from which could be expanded into other clinical environments throughout Indonesia in time. Uh, the other type of cellular therapy that I'm interested in bringing to uh, the Sanoa environment is mesenchymal stem cell therapies and related treatment options. These are cells that are easily obtained either from bone marrow or even adipose fat tissue. Uh, most people have enough fat tissue that we can easily extract a little bit and isolate the stem cells, grow them to high numbers and provide a stem cell banking service where People like you and I, we weren't privileged to have our cord blood banked when we were born, uh, but maybe this is an opportunity for people to be able to regenerate some tissue and decrease pain and improve mobility um, and uh, even tackle some of these autoimmune conditions or even lung disorders. So these types of treatment options do require quite expensive and expansive you know, laboratory and clinical environments. And, uh, you know, the, the Sonora environment is ideal for this because it does allow for um, the approved uh, treatment options from other countries to be delivered within that special economic zone. So, like I said, fingers crossed, I hope I do get the chance to develop something like this and help pioneer uh, an innovation in the, in the space, in the region that might be able to contribute to many, many thousands of people's lives. 
So, Dean, currently more than 15,000 Australians travel overseas annually for medical tourism with stem cell therapy cited as a common procedure. Um, would you say this is your primary target market? Uh, I wouldn't say primary. I think, you know, we'd want to cater, obviously, to uh, the Indonesians who are travelling overseas and see if we can help redirect some of that traffic uh, to Bali um, to get the patients patient numbers up. I mean, 15,000 people travelling from Australia. I mean, that's a pretty conservative guesstimation. Uh, and there are many different types of treatment options that people would travel for, whether it be dentistry or cosmetic surgery, et cetera. But in terms of stem cell treatments, the, the regulatory environment in Australia is very constraining um, and very limited options for people to be able to receive these types of uh, treatments. So there is an option, an opportunity to be able to offer these, um, you know, treatment options to Australians traveling to Bali. Uh, you know, we we would want to be able to work very closely with the clinical environments and medical professionals of that patient uh, to be able to best support them, not just in the workup towards treatment within Bali, uh, but also post-treatment recovery. And I think that's a an important point um, to drill home, and that is you know, there are many patients that do travel overseas for medical treatments and they don't know how to vet the quality of the clinician or clinical environment. And oftentimes there are complications that then the Australian government needs to fund uh, the treatment of upon their return. So if we can tighten up the quality of these uh, approaches and, you know, create an environment in Bali where we can deliver these, you know, stem cell procedures absolutely right, um, and, you know, not make exorbitant claims and treat certain ailments appropriately with the right level of expertise um, and also bring in international experts that can guide that whole approach. Um, I, I think that's the right way forward. And, um, you know, I think if we do set it up, that would be a, a very attractive opportunity um, and option for health consumers within Australia to, to reach out to. Excellent. Could you also tell you know, the listeners, what are some of the key facilities or services Australian clients look for when travelling overseas for medical tourism purposes? Yeah, it's very difficult, like I said, to assess because, uh, you know, there's if if a clinic is so famous online, you know, if they, if they spend a lot on online marketing, you know, sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes that can be a red flag. Uh, you want to be able to understand who the practitioners are that are going to be putting their hands on you and treating you and working with you throughout the procedure. Uh, you want to make sure that they've got a strong track record uh, and they've been doing this not haphazardly, but you know, for a long period of time and they're really well versed in performing these procedures. It's one of the reasons why we went to Japan and created our partnerships with um, you know, the laboratory partner to grow the cells. We wanted the best of the best and the most innovative um, and we've secured that partnership. Uh, we secured a clinical partner as well who have been performing these cell therapy options for more than 20 years. Uh, so that's the longest standing uh, clinical environment in Tokyo that's got a lot of experience. They've, you know, more than 100,000 treatments uh, delivered to over 13,000 patients over a 20-year period. So you want that kind of expertise uh, when you're dealing with your own health and uh, in terms of not just the safety of the procedure, but the best, uh, you know, outcomes, because these procedures cost a lot of money, uh, not just the procedure itself, but you've got to travel overseas and pay for the airfares and accommodation. So, you know, you want to work with experts. You don't want to just be making decisions off the cuff uh, from what you read on the internet. 
So I want to turn to a more socioeconomic angle of the discussion. Now, by setting up your business in Sanur, this is right at the heart of Bali, you're setting up to be a multiplier for the local economy there. What are some foreseeable ways your investment will support local businesses? Yeah, I think um, many fronts, and I'm sure there's many benefits that we'll see, uh, hopefully, if it does uh, get off the ground with us as their full partners in the middle of it all. But you know, of course, we're bringing expertise to Bali, to Indonesia. These are international experts. That special economic zone is quite unique in that it allows the registration of practitioners from overseas to be able to practice there. Um, and, you know, Simpler Health has an extensive network, uh, Europe, America, South America, uh, Australia, obviously. Uh, and we can bring experts in many different areas from orthopedic medicine, um, neurological diseases, even cancer. So bringing all that together with the Japanese experience and expertise uh, allows Indonesian medical experts to get upskilled and be able to you know, train the next generation of uh, medical practitioners within that country. I mean, th this is the largest public health system in the world. So I think this could be the spark that sets off a, a real shift in healthcare delivery. And if we can do that for, you know, at least this one to two next generations, it's going to make a massive difference to the healthcare of not just the elderly population, but also, you know, if they're well, it makes a big difference to the younger generation as well. So, you know, within a couple of generations, this kind of uh, innovative approach could have a huge impact. Um, uh, uh, you know, th then there are other sort of employment opportunities, obviously, for Indonesians. But I think the biggest one would be the the spark in terms of transforming healthcare. Thanks again, Dean Kilby, for joining us on the Catalyst podcast. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. That's all we have for you today in this episode. Thanks for listening. For more information on Catalyst, visit our website at iachepa-catalyst.org or find us on social media. We look forward to having your company on the next episode of the Catalyst Podcast.